Hi, I am Bea, storyteller of CCA Manila. I'm joined by the most enthusiastic Chef Philip John Golding, culinary director of CCA Manila. We are now on our second episode of The Secret Sauce, the first podcast in the Philippines for those with culinary dreams. We will be talking to chefs, foodies, food entrepreneurs, and anyone passionate about the culinary world. You will learn the habits of successful people in and out of the kitchen. Today, we are with two of our brilliant chef instructors, Chef Jasper Versosa and Chef Kerwin Fontanilla. Chef Jasper is also the school's program manager. We talked to them about their experience as CCA students and what the future of culinary education will be. This is one boisterous and fun conversation. So good day, everyone. We're here on another episode of The Secret Sauce. It's CCA's podcast with people that are in the culinary um, scene and as well as a school. So today we have two of our most foggy instructors, <laughs> Chef Jasper and Chef Kerwin. So thank you for agreeing to join us today. I want to start off with a question of what made you both get into teaching? Maybe Chef Jasper first. Oh, okay. Uh, how do I get into teaching? Actually, it was never my plan to teach. Uh, I was so focused on dealing with our family business, business and uh, anything that is not considered teaching. But uh, I don't know. I got thrown by actually by Chef Philip to teach at CCA. So I got a chat with him one one afternoon, and I was like, I think na bola ako ni Chef Philip. I think Chef Philip made bola. So <laughs> so I, I, I teaching. Actually, it was it was again. It was never my plan to teach, but uh, it was surprising that I I, I got the, this 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 uh, hidden passion to teach younger generations of chefs. And, uh, and I only enjoyed it actually. Uh, I had fun. I had fun interacting with students, even with uh, the other faculties, and even uh, colleagues from other uh, industries. So, yeah, it was a surprise for me as well. But I was here. And now you are the program manager, and it's you know a big challenge. How about you, Chef Kerwin? Yeah, um, what made you get into teaching? And my second question, did you notice a change in Chef Jasper when he became program manager? I think when you work in the kitchen, in the professional kitchen, teaching is always there. I mean, whether you, you have someone under your wing, uh, you, you mentor someone, it just so happens I'm very lucky to be able to also teach professionally in a way. Um, but uh, for me, I think yeah, teaching is always part of becoming of becoming a chef. Um, and I started in CCA 2013. Um, I used to do teaching only part time before, um, which I enjoyed. Uh, and then I was able to teach for CCA full time uh, during back uh, during uh, 2013. As for changes to Chef Jasper. Um, not really. Uh, I think uh, we still have those conversations wherein uh, they're kind of bastos or they're kind of, of naughty conversations, but um, uh, not in a good way. But yeah, no no changes with Chef Jasper. I think chefs are all naughty, by the way. It's just a yeah. I don't. Yeah, he's yeah. just more busy. He's just more busy, but uh, specifically like uh, before. 
Hmm. Um, okay, so the pandemic, before the pandemic, we would have never thought we would be teaching online. I'm sure you would all agree. Yeah. I don't know if Chef Philip is more of a futurist with these things, but it was uh, a bit of a shock for everyone. Um, my question for you, Chef Kerwin and Chef Jasper, is like, what do you think the future of culinary education will be? Maybe Chef Jasper or Batuan Kayo, whoever wants I think, to. I think, given the, I think given the situation, I think Chef Philip would agree. I think given the situation right now with the new normal, I think we're going through the changes of uh, digitally, actually, like digital changes, like uh, most of the, not just culinary schools, but most of the schools or even, actually even nursing, they're shifting into online learning. So I guess... Uh, there's no choice for us, like in the in the in the, in the culinary school industry, but to adapt to these changes. I think we really need to to be more proactive when it comes to uh, learning more to this uh, technologies in our advance to to teach and to conduct uh, culinary classes. Chef Kerr, how about you? Yeah, I think um, necessity is the mother of all invention. So I know a lot of people might think that it's going to be hard to, to do online culinary classes, especially with our field, since um, culinary is basically a sensory, uh, a, a sensory-based um, course. No, but um, slowly, um, slowly we are starting to incorporate and see uh, positive results with our online classes, um, especially. Our Saturday classes at Ruby, which is kind of uh, fun, but all the, all of the instructions are online, and we can get to see the feedback uh, with with our students cooking for their families. and And I guess it's 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 a positive reinforcement that we are um, slowly but surely um, are having techniques and new methods uh, that would make culinary education uh, work in an online setting. Your Saturday classes are a lot of fun because your recipes are quite, you know, they're things that people can cook for their families, but in a really elevated way. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your your students and the Saturday classes? Um, with the Saturday classes, you know, I, I, I was honestly surprised uh, because... Um, I, I know that some of these, uh, some of our students, uh, well, the, the logic was they're going to cook for their families. No? So you wouldn't like really expect them to, uh, personally, me, I didn't really expect them, expect for them at the start to be like, uh, really get into it with some of these uh, complicated methods and recipes. But I was honestly very surprised because in terms of, uh, in terms of, the ingredients that they know, they would know what truffle is. They would know certain ingredients that some, even some of our students at the Decata program don't even use. So I was really surprised, and it just goes to show that sometimes it's not about the age. It's not about um, if you want to do it professionally, cooking professionally. Uh, I mean, but it's how passionate you are about cooking, and if you really want to learn. Uh, there, there are definitely ways to go about it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that if you want to learn cooking, you would want to become a professional chef already. But something as simple as cooking for your family, if you put time and effort into it and the passion is there, uh, you really get to, to, to learn a lot and to you know elevate your cooking yeah. uh, to, to, to levels, like restaurant levels. 
So yeah, I was really surprised. Chef Jasper, I have a question for you because you did work in your family business. Um, and what is your advice for culinary entrepreneurs? Like, because right now a lot of food businesses are popping up from the delivery to retail. What's your advice? Uh, very interesting, Jasper. <laughs> very interesting. I kind of agree with that, Jasper. Uh, you froze, Jasper. <laughs> oh, How about wow. you, Chef Philip? You've seen a lot of um, culinary entrepreneurs. What would you say is your advice to them? Well, at the moment, I mean, uh, we're all learning to gravitate in this new situation, but I think it's just. Um, I wouldn't follow too much the trends. Try and look at what you're capable of doing with the resources you have. Uh, obviously, um, for a while, I think uh, the takeout trend will continue. Um, possibly there's private chefing that will come in. I've seen uh, small events. Um, at the moment, I would use this time wisely to rediscover the other things that you could do in this industry. Um, uh, while it's challenging, uh, there are some opportunities. But um, yeah, some of us also need to slow down a bit because we've been working in the industry a long time. So it's kind of a nice, in a way, it's a little bit of a time to rediscover. And what, uh, yeah. Chef Kerr, what makes a good mm -hmm. and a bad dish? Oh, um, to be honest with you, um, I'm. A good dish invokes for me. A good dish invokes um, certain memories. Certain um, it's like you you convey a story to whoever is eating, and when when that when that person who eats it gets that story that you want to tell, uh, that's that's a good dish. Uh, a bad dish for me is hmm, a bad dish for me is emotionless. Um, it's Aside from it maybe tasting good, uh, that's a, that's about it. It doesn't invoke memories. It doesn't convey a story. Um, basically, yeah, that's it for me. Chef Jasper, we were just talking about what makes a good and bad dish. What do you think um, contributes to that? For me, a good dish besides a besides a good flavor, of course, and good presentation. Uh, for me, when you present a dish, it should have uh, a story behind it. It should really reflect your personality. It should really have, you know, uh, really show. It would really show who you are, who your personality is. Uh, for me, a bad dish, man. With besides the bad taste, of course, it, that so nice presentation is something that. For me, because when when you cook without love, you, actually, I can I can feel if you cook with love or without. So sometimes when you when you when you present a dish, uh, it's not that good because you're you're cramming, you're you're you to cook that dish. You don't have that passion on doing it. You don't. It doesn't show on your dish. You know your character doesn't show your your passion. It doesn't show your flavor at all. Actually, so yeah. So that's it for me. The good dish or the bad dish. Yeah. Chef Jasper and Chef Karen, you both have particular passion or interest in so for you chef jasper you love to barbecue and for you chef kerwin you love to make knives as well can you tell us a little bit about this 
why you love it so much. And I guess what people would get out of it, getting into those particular interests in culinary. Um, Chef Kerr? Well, for me, I, yeah, I really like, I don't know, for some reason, I, I, I like doing booting thing. I don't know if Chef Philip knows the word, you booting thing, or you tinker with a lot of stuff. Um, mm. So I like tinkering. Um, and for some reason, uh, I got, I really got interested into knives. Um, I like, maybe it's like race car driver um, tinkering with his uh, race cars. So it's, it started out, uh, it started out uh, like that. And uh, during this pandemic, I really had a lot of time to, to, do, to do the tinkering. So I was able to, um, to really research and uh, practice with, with building handles, with, um, with restoring knives. And uh, it's a good thing also because uh, Ryan of National was very supportive as well. He was sending me blanks for me to tinker around it. So, so yeah, I just, I'm just lucky that I have um, support with with my hobby, which is, which is, which is nice. And um, it just, for me, it, it was, it was a good thing also because it's, it was something that I, I found to be relaxing amidst all of this um, pandemic, amidst all of this um, stressful environment. No, so it's something that made me more um, relaxed. Yeah. And Chef Jasper, barbecue, come on. That's like a carnivore's dream, right? Yeah, actually, I, I fell in love with, with, with barbecue because it, I don't know why, it, it, it takes time, it's slow. Uh, I'm very mesmerized with fire. When I, when I look at burning woods and, and charcoal, it, it's, you know, it counts me down. Uh, sitting beside the smoker, having a bottle of beer and, uh, you know, doing slow brisket and slow ribs actually calms me down the whole afternoon until the evening. So... Uh, I'm quite lucky to have the support actually of my family here at home. Even though, uh, even though their laundry sometimes smells smoke, and uh, <laughs> our house was filled with, <laughs> with, <laughs> with smoke, yeah. and uh, sometimes I smell like tinapa. But uh, yeah, it's fun actually. I, I, I find it more calming and more soothing when I just just sit down and read something, mm-hmm. and uh, do barbecue at the, at the same time. So. Right. I can't can complain questions. with the beer and brisket. <laughs> no, nor can I. Mm. I've got some questions for you now. Right? Are you ready? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what were you like in your earlier days when you were still learning your culinary foundation? And you know I know, right? So we'll start with you, <laughs> Jasper. Go and jump out. <laughs> <laughs> He got scared. <laughs> yeah. Me? What were you um, like? I was not, I, I wasn't top of my class actually when I was in culinary school. I, I do, I tried to do all the, the tasks that my chef instructor was, was asking me to do. I tried to make my way on the, you know, uh, pass my grades. I, I, I can't say I, do, I did good on my culinary school days because like, I think, that was like a few weeks ago. I had an opportunity to, you know, to look at my uh, my records in the registrar's office. So <laughs> when, I saw, when I saw my grade, I, huh? This is my grade on my on my soup stocks and sauces. And this, <laughs> so I, I was I wasn't I wasn't top of my class actually. But but for me, I, I really love what I'm doing. When I was in culinary school, I really love what I'm doing. I I find it 
fulfilling no, when I was in culinary school. So uh, CCA really helped me uh, fulfill my culinary dreams when I was there and I, when I was studying uh, under different program. I think that was Chef Jim Cordoba when doing the the yeah. culinary school back on like, was like 2002. So <laughs> Chef Kerwin was ahead of me. I, I think Chef Kerwin <laughs> has a different experience when he was a student. <laughs> why, why did you have to the year, Chef Jasper? <laughs> so Kerwin, question to you. Huh? Yeah. What what would you like in the earlier days when you were still learning? <laughs> Honestly, I wasn't I wasn't really like the best of the best. Um I, I was kind of mediocre back then. Um I think it comes with the age also. I start because I started studying um uh, straight out of high school. So I already I, that's the time that I enrolled in CCA. And so I guess it comes with the age that uh, you're a little bit immature. But I was very lucky back then also because um, the instructors that we had, including Chef Philip, they were really, they were really very strict. And for me, uh, that way of of um, that way of disciplining us, this was actually a very good way of instilling the proper discipline and. And we often, me and Chef Jasper and the other chefs always say that that we're very grateful that our instructors were really, 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 really super strict. Um, because otherwise, it would have never, we would have never been prepared for what real kitchen life is. Because a lot of people think that culinary is just cooking and cooking, but they don't know that when they go outside, it's really, you have to have very good um, discipline and you have to have very good attitude. And yeah. Great, great. And, answers yeah. so that brings on to what's your advice to culinary students going coming up now what's oh, your every, advice everything starts out with the proper attitude uh for me um and that's one thing that really instill in school uh because we always tell our students that sometimes uh all of the new graduates you may have the same skill you may have the same things in your resume but what will really set you apart with all of the other graduates all of the other new um, entries is is really your attitude, your willingness to learn. And if you have that willingness to learn, regardless if you at the start everybody starts out with almost zero, almost zero or or not so uh, not so good, let's say culinary skills or not yet good culinary skills. But if you really have that good attitude and you really have that willingness to learn, then uh, your employers will like you. You go up, you go up the ranks faster. Uh, you would find more mentors that would really are be willing to to really train you because you're really um, interested in what you're doing. Plus, you have the proper attitude. Just uh, same to you. Actually, I, I agree with Chef Kerwin. Actually, it's, what I look for culinary culinary students is attitude, actually. Number one is attitude. Uh, skills, of course, you would learn that in school. Uh, you could learn that in school and you can learn that uh, when you were working. But attitude is something, something that, that is instilled in you. I mean, something that really reflects no, on the situations, on your experiences. Uh, I think what what we're doing in school right now is really uh, not just training students to be good chefs, but to really put them into the, you know, give them the right attitude towards work, how they would react towards difficult situations, uh, especially right now during this pandemic, uh, some of the students are really, you know, emotionally told because of, you know the, the experiences that they're having right now uh those are the things that we want to mentor students with so uh i think we're on the right track uh being strict with the students uh really instilling good attitudes to, to them 
Like uh, yeah, since yeah. after they graduate, no, they they will be prepared to the you know to the reality of kitchen work and kitchen life no, outside. True. Mistakes and failures, Jasper, are great learning experiences. What would be the most profound failure that changed you that you are open to sharing? Uh, when I was when I was heading our well, not heading actually when I was part of our kitchen team in our family business, uh, we had we had I my mom had a executive chef which is uh a lady chef who works with her like for 15 years already so i was under her supervision when i was when i graduated in tca so when i started working in our family business i wasn't the executive chef at first so i was working so i was working with her the, the, exec, the current executive chef that time i was working with her and uh my task was to do the recipes and to do the uh menus for different clients and uh, one client that we had was a uh, Swedish. He's a Swedish chef. He's getting married here in the Philippines to a Filipina. And uh, he was very excited to get us as a, as a caterer. So I did his food tasting. And uh, for me, what I did was all great. You know, for me, it was, it was perfect. It was, you know, all great. But when I, when I heard his uh, comments, it was all mediocre for him. So I was I was really down. I was really I was really you know depressed and and uh, and uh, you know I was really not 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 angry at myself, but I was really disappointed at myself that giving it one hundred percent. But it was a waking point for me actually to, to realize that not just because I I own this company or I own this kitchen, it doesn't mean that yeah. I'm doing good. So I really have to to push myself to the limit to do something more to do to do more to do to do you know to do something that is uh really well you know uh, and it, it really teaches me uh humility that i that i would accept you know criticism from others especially from a you know from a chef who works with gordon ramsay he's a swedish chef uh he lives wow. in i think he lives in south africa and he, he works with gordon ramsay like for for five years i think in dubai so yeah. uh i learned a lot from him actually i I Brilliant. already forgot his name, but 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 that experience really really marks on my you know on my heart and on my brain that uh, every time that I cook, I really I remember those times that I really have to give you know more and I have to really exert uh, uh, more effort into what I'm doing and to exert you know passion into it. So thanks for sharing. That's, that's, a, that's a great one. That's great, Jasper. Uh, sorry, go. That's great, Jasper, for sharing. Thank you. Go yeah, for for me, maybe my turning point uh, was uh, I we I entered a competition. Uh, maybe it was fifteen years ago, uh, and it was a it was a competition uh, that's that was held here in the Philippines. It was a little bit famous, and I was really so full of myself, and I was so young and overconfident uh, that I didn't do as much practice. I didn't do as much. Um, as much research with the dish so i felt like I, i'm i'm a culinary graduate i work in like this why would i mean i i know i can do this so yeah uh what happened was i served bronze raw um to a famous celebrity chef and 
I was so I was so embarrassed. I was so you know I was like the talk of that competition because you know how can this <laughs> chef serve it serve shrimps raw? And after that, it just it just um I just had that realization that you know if you have that attitude of you know um thinking that 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 you know everything, nothing good will come out of it. So after that, I think uh, again it was a turning point for me. Uh, because for me, I felt like emotionally it was my lowest of lows uh, in the field because uh, I was I felt super embarrassed. No? But um, yeah, I think it it made me better in a way because um, after that I didn't I will I try not to have that same mentality anymore. And um, and yeah, uh, the the ultimate thing that I learned there is you can't serve something quedena. It has to be when you when you serve something, it has to be oh you have to be OC about it. It has to come out perfect. Otherwise, you don't serve it at all. So, yeah. Okay, unless you serve soy sauce wasabi with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> you should enter the Japanese category. Um, did, did you think? Did, did you think you were going to be where you are now? You think you, you know, your direction and where you are today. You know, twenty-seven years on since I know you. Did you think that you would be where you are today? Honestly, I, me, I didn't see myself teaching. I mean, teaching, especially back in CCA again, uh, because you know, uh, for for me, because when you say that you teach in CCA, it means that you're, you know, you're. It's it's such a it's such a title that's that for me is it me it that it has a lot of responsibility behind it. If you teach in CCA, yep. it means that. Um. Anyway, yeah. Um. So personally, I don't think I would be teaching. Um. I always envisioned myself to be working in the kitchen uh, the whole time uh, but I'm very happy with how uh, it turned out eh? because I, mean, I think lately it's when I realized that I enjoy teaching as much as cooking um, and I also, I also learned that uh, teaching is a passion and uh, same yeah. with, with cooking the best teachers for me have that passion hand in hand, uh, teaching and cooking. So I think I'm I'm pretty happy with where I am. Right yeah, now. and working the with students, are, of course. Well, <laughs> and the students are very happy working with you. We see that passion very clearly. So keep it up. Same to you, Jasper. Thank you. Um. Uh, yeah. Actually, I didn't see myself again. What I mentioned like earlier, I didn't see myself teaching at all. But uh, I see myself. Uh, Really managing our business, doing restaurants, but uh, I was surprised. Like Chef Kerwin mentioned, uh, I, I fell in love with teaching. I fell in love with with the school, uh, even though we're experiencing a lot of challenges actually uh, right now, especially during this this COVID situation. But yeah, it was a good experience for me. I, I really had. I, I'm really having fun teaching uh, those uh, classes during the, during weekdays and those classes that we have during weekends on our Ruby classes. It was really fun uh it was it was for me it was it was i'm fulfilled actually by this time I, i'm really happy with what i'm doing yeah. well done good okay in your career as a chef you've cooked for a lot of people right so what was the most memorable event uh that you had cooked for, <laughs> for Ob me? obviously not that swedish uh, one one. No, not that one. Actually, <laughs> besides that one, actually, uh, one of the most memorable and the most, I say, tough uh, event that we had was when one celebrity got married. Uh, we did their wedding in 
in Pangasin in uh, in La Union actually. So in Thunderbird Resort in La Union. So we have to bring all our we have to bring a mobile kitchen with us. Uh, we have to stay there for five days for all the mise en place. Uh, it was for 500 guests. We have, I think we have 12 stations, uh, different regions, different countries. First station, we have tempura, we have sushi, we have makis, we have sashimis, we have uh, Thai, we have Thai food, we have Brazilian churrasco, uh, we have seated dinners for the VIPs we have there. We, we catered their uh, bachelor event uh, during the, the night uh, before the wedding. Uh, it was really fun. At the same time, it was really, really tiring. We have, I have like 50 people under me. Uh, we were there for five days. We slept there. We barely slept actually. Uh, <laughs> it was challenging, but it was fulfilling at the same time when, when the event was done. Uh, the couple was very, very happy. They even hugged me. And, <laughs> and uh, sometimes we get together, we, we see them uh, outside work. Uh, we got close to them. My mom actually got close to them. It was really, we built a relationship with them, actually planning their wedding and even executing their uh, dinner reception. It was really fun. Uh, it was tough. It was, it was you know, it was uh, really, really, you know, uh, tiring, but fulfilling afterwards when you hear those good job and when you when you hear those guests you know saying that their food your food is delicious it was good uh it was a turn back for me it was it was really fun actually yeah well done going for me one of the most um uh, memorable uh, dinners that we had recently was uh, it actually happened in school in cca and uh chef christian Tadadwa was a michelin um, star uh, chef um yep. From France, yeah, he, he came over to to CCA, and we were tasked to do um, I, I can't remember if it's lunch or dinner, uh, but we were asked to do a lunch with the BLO class. So it was me, Chef Miguel, and maybe around twelve students from from twelve first year students from school, and uh, we were able to serve him um, a six course meal along with his team, and we got the best compliment ever because they said that it's not like that the, meal, the, the dinner was very good and it was it didn't show that we had students with us throughout the whole um, dinner. So, and they loved the food, uh, which was, which was again, very, very um, heartwarming for us. And it was very fulfilling because we had students with us and we were able to serve uh, food that was fit for a Michelin star uh, chef. Well done. I know that worked. Great guy from Lyon. Um, have you ever yeah. bombed a food event? Have you ever bombed food event? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, me, I, I think one? Like, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, one, one, one for me was um, this was for the Gustafson, I think, and <laughs> I can still remember because uh, we were at, we were we were tasked to do um, to do uh, a cochinillo. And we put it in yeah. a rational oven, and suddenly the rational oven was steaming the cochinillo. So we were, we were, yeah, we were, we were in panic because why is this thing steaming? It's gonna form blisters. So, so yeah, for the first batch of our lechon, it was it had blisters already. So it just goes to show that if you're not familiar with how certain equipments work, <laughs> don't, don't. Um, don't use it until you're especially for a big for a big function so that's one of the more recent um things that happened to us 
And you, Jasper? <laughs> a lot of times, actually. <laughs> when, I, when I was just starting my stint as the, you know, as the head chef here in, in, in our business, there's a lot of, you know, uh, bloopers and, you know, moments that uh, I, really, I really regret. Uh, one of those are very expensive mistakes. So, uh, I don't know what happened, but I think I forgot to mention to our butcher that he has to slice the Angus, I think it was an Angus tenderloin. I think he has to slice it like a, an inch thicker. So it was a huge mistake on my part because I forgot to tell the butcher what is the thickness of the steak. So I think he cut it too thin. It turns out to be like tapa. So I have to buy tenderloin out of my own pocket. So, so, it, was like, so, so it was like deducted on my salary. And, you know, it's a very expensive mistake, actually. So. I bet yeah. the tapa was good. The tapa was good. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> tapa for a week. Tapa for a week. Okay, back to Bayer. Okay, obviously there are bloopers, there are successes. What do you think is the true definition of a chef? Like going through all that roller coaster, um, Chef Kerr. Um, yeah, I know. You know, nowadays uh, the word chef gets thrown around. Uh, really uh, I don't know, it gets thrown around that was in a sense already that people don't really know what it means to become a chef and um i would always tell people that uh when you ask or when you when you when you ask someone what a chef is and the answer is is really if you're a head of operational kitchen if you know how to manage people um below you then it means that you're a chef um does not necessarily mean that after you graduate culinary school, you're a chef already. Um, it's, it's not like one of those um, things that uh, you get to earn just by studying. Studying will, will, will greatly aid you in becoming a chef, but it's really a, a long process. Um, it's a um, hard process. And as, if you get to, to have people under you respect you and respect your skills and respect your management skills, then it means that more or less you're, you're on your way to becoming a chef but but it's not really a term that's supposed to be you know just used around really really lightly mm. chef jasper uh for me a chef should have you know something some, someone who would uh be tired the whole day and then can't sleep at night and then still wakes up in the morning and do his job so uh for me uh, chef is it's a very you know it's a very tough job uh like what chef kerwin mentioned Kanina, uh, sometimes the word chef gets thrown around very easily you know, once you graduate they they think you're you're a chef already or you think you're a chef already but you know it, it really it really takes a lot of stomach and a lot and a lot of training to to be to be in the position that you would be called chef so there's a lot of responsibility uh entitled uh, uh tied into it there's a lot of you know uh experience that you have to to undergo uh good and bad uh really you know like what i said you have to be you have to have a tough stomach for it you really have to to get a you know hindi na makapal mukha but yung you have to have a uh grasp of what you are getting into so yeah. Yeah. What and would I think be... also our, 
one. Sorry, sorry, Miss Bea. No, no, I think no, also no. our instructors back then, um, they really instilled um how valuable the term or how um how important the term chef is. Uh, because even up till now, when we refer to ourselves as chefs, we have that I don't know, it's it's different. Eh? Parang, parang we, we we are not at ease uh, if we refer to ourselves as chefs. I don't know, for some reason I think it's still the humility that our instructors back then um instilled in us. Eh? So you know even most of the alumni now. Um, it's we have the same thinking. Eh, when you're a chef, it's it's so it's such a high high title that you know it's not something that you easily say. And that's what also we try to instill in our students eh, that you really have to earn it. It's not something that um, it's easily given. So yeah, yeah. What? No, no, it's all good. I think that's really important. I guess the opposite of that is like a bad chef is someone that you know just carries it carries the chef with arrogance and not really having that skill. Um, I love a while ago, Chef Kerwin, that you mentioned that when you joined the competition, you had like a lot of confidence in yourself and then you served something raw. Um, my question for both of you is what would your advice be to yourself when you were in your 20s and then your 30s? 30s pa naman ako I don't I don't age na. I don't age. Okay, let's early early twenties and thirties. I am thirty-one. I really doubt that both of you are my What's your advice to your twenty year old self? Siguro ako, if if I would get a chance to meet my my younger self, I would tell him to <laughs> stop being cocky and you know and uh be you know be more be more open to criticism and uh to train more and to do to do what you are doing with with love and with passion. Yeah. Yeah, same thing with me. Uh same thing with me. I think because after you graduate, you feel like you're on top of the world because you finished oh. your school. So feeling more, you can do everything. So same thing. Um, maybe I would have told myself back then that um, after you graduate school, it's there's still a long way to go <laughs> in the in the culinary field, and you just have to you know uh, be humble, uh, just keep on learning, and maybe I uh, know also. Um, don't let opportunities pass uh, because you know sometimes, uh, especially when you're a culinary graduate and then someone offers you work uh, and you feel that the pay is low and you know and you say it's not for me because the pay is low, but but really it's it's sayang yung ano eh, the the learning opportunity sayang. so might have might have as well um got me into work before that would have you know that would have broadened my knowledge and just not think about the pay 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 yet. Uh, but really, it's more about experience. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that whole, like, you know, removing the cockiness. And I think that's really important with a lot of young people. And someone, yeah. I think, Chef Jasper, you said something about criticism. And a friend yeah. of mine yesterday told me feedback is a gift. You can choose to keep it or you can choose to regift it. So you can, <laughs> you can give it back. I know you're not supposed to regift gifts, but. Sometimes, you know, you just have to be open to both options. Yeah. Um, 
just looking back at your career, do you have any specific pivotal moment that was like really changed your mindset in such a way that you have a lot of humility now rather than cockiness? Chef Kerr? Yeah, I think uh, the one that I said earlier was really the turning point for me. Um, uh, yeah, maybe maybe that was it for me because I got really super embarrassed and uh, and a lot of people knew about what happened back then, especially people from from an industry. You know? So yeah. yeah, because I remember during during that competition, I was even dancing on stage for some reason. I mean, <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, you do stupid things when you're young, so, yeah. yeah. I would have loved to see a video. Yeah, we have well, to well, see well, if that video exists. Yeah, Maybe well, the video yeah, exists somewhere. Oh, I can imagine without knowing the yeah. results yet, or you already knew that you served. No, because, because I think because prior to that, I, I I have been winning some competitions already. So, um, I think I was really just super confident. And you know, I parang for me, because when I was when I was in that competition, I was like, sort of like dancing because I just wanted to show people that it's that I was having fun. But I think it was too much of it. It, it was. It, I can just imagine you dancing on the stage. You know, it's a good thing there was the phones were not uh, were not as popular back then because I'm sure if I'm sure I would have been posted. <laughs> if I would love to see that video. Friendster, we're lucky. Friendster, yeah. friendster, friendster. We're lucky. Yeah. Um, how about you, Chef Jasper? Uh, for me, same thing. I think the the comment from the chef that I that I received, I think that was one of the most pivotal, you know, uh, moments in my career that really changed how I see uh, and perceive what I'm doing, and even really changed how I react to those kinds of situations. Actually, really humbles. It really humbled me down. Uh, it really removed some of my cockiness, actually. So or most of my cockiness by that time. I was really young by then, so I parang ano lang eh, parang I was like one year parang on graduate no. So it's, it was really you know everything was fresh no. Uh, parang when you graduate culinary school di ba? Parang everything that you do is is correct, no? Because yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you always, yeah, yeah. you know, you always do it by the book. You know? So you always do it by, you know, how your instructor taught you, right? Uh, so yeah, so it it was really life changing for me when I when I when I heard those words and when I uh, actually I, I sat down with him like we had a talk like forty five minute talk I think, and then he really you know coached me on what to do. I should really seek you know uh, mentors and. You know, people who would really improve my skills. So it was, it was really, you know, humbling for me, and it was really pivotal for me. Actually. Yeah, and because when you're after you graduate, parang you feel like, oh, I survived Chef Philip, I survived Chef Jean, I survived all of these, you know, these strict chefs. So you feel like really you can do everything, and you know, <laughs> sometimes you really have to to have those experiences just to you know <laughs> bring you back to earth again. Yeah. yeah. Right, here we go. Quick fire questions. Right, starting with you, Cohen. What is the first thing that 
you do when you wake up and how do you stay creative and coffee coffee and cigarettes before but i can't do either now because i have acid reflux so now it's just tea in the morning and um to keep myself creative i don't i don't have a hard time uh, keeping myself creative um because I, I did i like to tinker with a lot of stuff so yeah just tinkering and tinkering tinkering with 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 whatever is in here and yeah jasper uh first thing in the morning i i i pray i i ask the lord for guidance actually for wisdom on everything that i will do uh i have coffee uh i can't go on with my day without breakfast it makes me cranky so i need my pandesal or i need my fried rice so so you know being creative actually before i sleep i i always watch you know videos uh i love i love to watch joshua weisman i think miss bear do you do you know joshua I, I i like to watch watch joshua weisman so it's um uh, i watch videos i tinker with with stuffs here uh, keep my mind you know creative through uh writing down some recipes that i want to cook uh during the weekends i uh, keep my notebook uh beside me I, I have my small notebook i write down recipes i write down ingredients uh, that i want to play with uh products that i want to do so uh yeah i see that on your facebooks i see that on both your facebook you are very creative especially yeah. your dc comics and stuff yeah your dc toys um, what is the best advice that you have received what is the best advice you've received just best advice is uh yeah it's to take all criticisms as creative as possible uh don't get mad when someone is you. criticizing your work uh you, if someone criticizes you sometimes it's really true that you need to improve on something so it's it's more on for me it's it's more on taking everything uh, as positive as possible uh it's very hard to do actually uh given my personality but yeah. uh those are the things that i really that i really you know that i really strive to do uh, <laughs> i mean that i really you know uh, so it's 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 something that i really wanted to you know to do is to 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 be more positive to to take every criticism as positive as possible and uh yeah well you've greatly improved anyway COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me um it, it's, it's from my dad he always tells me um a mistake is only becomes a mistake if you don't learn from it so i i try to live by that um, and, yeah. uh, that if you do something wrong just make sure that you learn something from it so you don't do it again the next time and yeah it only becomes a mistake if if, if you don't learn anything from from whatever mistakes that you that you do uh, you two are great tandem right i watch you perform and you are a great tandem you bounce off each other very very well much like the other factors you are a very good tandem i think you're growing very much together and i've seen that in the last couple of years right uh from your junior selves but uh you're doing a great job um Cohen, the best habit that you trained yourself to do sorry chef beg your pardon the bet the best habit that you've trained yourself to do so what's a habit i mean um, we heard that um recent, uh, jasper is recent, talking about church. I'll, I'll be honest yes. recently when i entered school it's uh, it's the green shift yep. man shifting um i'm not just saying it but 
right yeah. especially here in the house i learned how to segregate when, when we, even our house has here the segregation um as well and before i entered cca i didn't really bother for segregation i didn't really bother for not using foil or you know uh, right. about sustainability etc etc and surprisingly uh, right now it's a way of life uh for us um here in the house right. and i've been i've been happy also because uh, even my son um he's 13 years old uh, he's very aware of it he's aware of even uh climate change etc etc so i think um, it's a good habit that uh, we that CCA has instilled in me, and uh, in a way that I was able to instill in our household as well. That's fantastic, Jasper. Uh, I think one of the habits that I developed over the years is uh, somewhat be, being organized. I, I I don't like things that are messed up, and I don't like things that are kalat kalat, and you know. Uh, even even in school, I, I tend to pick up on things that I that I think it's it's not on the right place. Uh, that's why when I when I went back after your your demo, I was looking for the slow cooker. <laughs> so, yes, I was like yeah, I was like looking at the you know the the, the USDA. I was like looking for all the all the uh, components on the kitchen. Uh, those things I think I picked up from my mom. My mom is a bit you know oc when it comes to organizing things and uh, uh i think I, I i copied i copied it from her uh to do things that organized i want everything step by step uh i think those things are one of my strengths when it comes to kitchen organization i when we plan events i think that's one thing that you really need to have is organization skills you can't function enough uh if you're catering for like 30 events for a day uh, the organization skills, skills comes to hand. So, yeah, absolutely. That's why I double cleaned after I did my demo because I knew you would come and inspect my working uh, <laughs> station after I knew. Did I grade well? I even cleaned the sink out well, huh? Yes, and yeah, left extra course, soap. Yes. <laughs> and I, I, I took the insert on the part anyway. So, um, do you believe in luck? Do you believe in luck? Do I believe in luck? Uh, actually, I don't believe in luck. That, in a in a way, I believe in all things is uh, working together based on on uh, on the things that you did. I mean, uh, yeah. if you if, if you did not not karma, but I believe that all things is based on on uh, all things that is hap all things that are happening to you is based on what you did earlier or in the past. So. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's luck. I think it's something that you deserve when you when you when you get you know when you get promoted when you get you know a good uh, feedback from your guest or from your client. I don't believe it's luck. I believe it's something that you worked for uh, that you deserve. So, yeah. love it, Kerwin. Do you believe in luck? Same, same. So what Chef Jasper said. Um, yeah, it's it's luck is for me. It's it's not really luck per se that makes you successful. It's like for example, if you get promoted, like with what Chef Jasper said, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you got lucky because you got promoted. But you got promoted because you're doing good stuff or you're you're, you're very masipa. Um, it's for me lang, you know, uh, when you when you strike something as kind of lucky, you just have to grab the opportunity. Uh, because uh, they say also that opportunity knocks only once and. And no matter how lucky you think you are, if you don't grab that 
that opportunity once uh, opportunities um, um, come out, uh, then wala din mangyayari. Nothing will happen. So, so yeah. Okay. Bea. Very interesting. Um, okay, let's Very go with some big words here. Define success. That's sobrang lalim. That's for deep. We're almost there. Chef Kerr, what thought, are you? I thought Chef Philip said, do you believe in love? Eh? Sabi ko na sa... Uh, <laughs> no, define love. I think you're on the wrong show. Is it wrong yet? That's... I think we were on the wrong, ano, wrong show. Actually, when I... When I invite chefs to this uh, podcast, they go, which one? Your personal one or this one? I'm like, okay, one. Unless you want to talk about something in particular, we can. <laughs> um, okay, define success. And um, I guess as a whole life, like it doesn't have, I think success nowadays is not just work. It's your own mental space. Um, Chef Kerwin. Yeah, I think success can be a subjective word, um, and success is not just about how much money you earn, how much, uh, what worth you have, but it's really about being content and happy with where you are. Um, like you can you can have the highest a highest earning job, uh, but if you are if you're not that happy because you don't get to spend time with your family, then you're not successful. Um, yeah. So for me, um, yeah, as long as you're happy. Uh, with with how much you earn in relative to let's say how much time you have with your family, uh, how much stress you have at work, maybe with with uh, I guess yes for me success is is really being content and happy with, with with how things are going right now in your life. So yeah, yeah sure. I think the same goes with me. Uh, I think success is very subjective. Uh, I we we know a lot of people that are. Success, successful, no, in the eyes of some people, because they have good jobs, they they earn a lot, uh, in they are successful in their career. But when you look at their personal lives, when you look at their uh, family, it's kind of like uh, the opposite. So, uh, some people find it successful, some people don't. So, uh, for me, what success is uh, something that would really make me happy. Uh, something that would really make me fulfilled. I find it that I'm successful if. If everything that I have is is there, and and the things that 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 I love most is with me, like family, friends, um, good health, uh, career, of course, uh, good relationship with the Lord, uh, that's part of that's part of what success is for me. So, uh, I think yeah, I think what Chef Kerr, I agree with what Chef Kerr mentioned. It's it's more on 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 your, on your personal. Uh, thing what success is. Now, some people may might see you not successful, but but uh, deep inside you are successful since you have those things uh, surrounding you. Yeah, um, this is something I want to look at. It's like role models because I'm sure you've had you've met a lot of chefs, people in your lives that have really shaped who you are. Who do you both look up to? Um, that's like an ever you know present figure in your life. Chef Jasper. <laughs> I really, I really look up at my parents. Actually, uh, mm-hmm. they're the ones who influenced me into this. Uh, they're one of the, they're, they're the big part of you know of of the identity that I, that I carry when it comes to uh, one is cooking and one is you know looking at at uh, business and at work, even at ethics. 
uh, I really look up to them because they are a really good example of of a good parent provider and also a good mentor. When when I needed them most uh, in my downtimes, in my in my ups and my downs, they were there. Uh, I get to talk to them uh, heart to heart with what I feel, even in the career, even my work right now. So they're always there. They're always supportive in what I do. And I'm very happy that uh, I really look up to them. It's they're really my role model actually when it comes to even in, when it comes to personal life, even with, with marriage. Uh, me and my wife always look up to them. Uh, their relationship as husband and wife for almost forty years. So, ah, itad ko malalaman yun. But almost forty years, no, not not forty, yeah, almost forty years. So, so, so yeah, so yeah, it was it was it was really you know it was really. Are you the eldest? Are you the eldest? I am, I am, I am, I'm the eldest. So. Okay, got it. <laughs> Sham Kerwin, how about you? Yeah, same. It's it's my it's really a parent. So, uh, Shamkar, my dad because uh, he's the father figure that uh that I have, and um, same with Chef Jasper. Um, also in terms of my culinary uh my culinary career, naman, I would say really it's it's my instructors back then, my teachers back then, because uh they really shaped me into what uh, I needed to be uh, in my culinary journey and uh, for the two years that I spent in school um, those are those are the the forming years uh, so to speak and again largely what you are what you will become in the culinary field is largely in part of, of you know the first few years uh, that uh, you, that you spent in school because that's done it it's like you're a baby when you're when you're starting in the culinary industry in school and mm-hmm. the first two years are very important because that's where you get most of the discipline most of the most of the knowledge and i'm very grateful to my instructors back then Philip included um yeah i may have some hits and misses after that like with like with the competition i told you but at the end of the day, uh, yeah. malik, everything, everything, everything uh, goes back, you know, all of the discipline that we instill in. Yeah. And, they, and they were really strict. They were really strict. Talaga. I, I, you know, yeah. we always send our students, you, you guys are, might not have survived uh, if you you enrolled during our time. I remember, Chef Philip, there, was a, there, was, there was a story back then. I didn't know if it was true, but the... Higher batches were were scaring us. You have to, dude, you have to shave your you have to shave because Chef Philip yeah. if he sees you, he will get whipping cream and he will he will oh. he will shave you with a knife. Of course we didn't know it was true. I mean whenever but we were so scared. We were so scared. <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. there was a rumor that Chef Philip shaved one student with a paring knife. So. <laughs> what? He did? Yeah, no, no, he shaved one he it's a rumor, but, but no, because because when I went back at the Savoy Hotel, I was sent home, right? So part of my apprenticeship, you'd turn up and I would travel three and a half hours from Windsor to London to the Savoy. Mm-hmm. We would have to line up and they would inspect our side towels. If you didn't have a side towel, you're sent home. If you weren't even just a bit of stubble you were sent home of course things have slightly changed but but, but you're allowed a 14-day beard by law blah 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 but no those were just rumors but i think what the other batches <laughs> like to do is scare the other batches but uh, i did bring in I, I did bring in razor blades and i kept them in my drawer and i and i basically told okay you have a chance go home or go and shave now and the razor is in my office so that's true that 
I did make people shave, and um, I did have a spare supply of side towels. Uh, and you're quite right, the discipline back then, you know, world has changed slightly. We, we're balanced, but back in the day, we were brought up with mentors that did far worse to us in terms of training and organization yeah. and chopping flour with paprika and don't let the flour go red, you know, those tricks. But um, uh, I'm, gl I'm glad to see that with you guys, there's more humility today, but it's still, we live in a very serious business and to be a world-class chef is is a tough, tough job, as you know. Chef Philip, but no, I didn't um... shave. We should uh, reach out to a shaving company and make a commercial. There's something in this <laughs> of you just shaving someone. Of, of course, yeah. although we didn't see, we like we didn't know if it was true or not. That's what we would tell the lower batches as well. You have to shave, or else see? when Chef Philip sees you, that is yeah, it means it. <laughs> or with a national okay. blade work knife. Um, wait, yeah. one more question for me: If you could have lunch or dinner with someone dead or alive. Who would it be? <laughs> hmm. You know, I've been always wanting to know who who was better, uh, if it's Karim or Escoffier. So I would oh. have wanted to have dinner oh, with them yeah. both and just, you know, pick oh, their yeah. brains and say, who do you think is better, you or Karim or Escoffier? <laughs> I mean, pick both of their brains. Maybe not make them fight or anything, but because they have, I think they're both uh, pillars of the industry and they both uh, did things their way uh, in terms of classical cuisine. Uh, and, you know, I, I would have loved to talk with either of them or both of them at the same time. So interesting. That's a good At the same time. At the same time. Well, the pressure's on Jasper to, to, for this one. Actually, I, I wanted to have. Share a meal with with Escoffier. Actually, I want to pick his brain. I think I, I want to, you know, wow. know what he's thinking. Why? Yeah. Why did he, you know, do this? Do that? Uh, how was his experience back then? Uh, yeah, I think I want I want to know a lot of things from him uh, firsthand. Uh, mm -hmm. Talk to him regarding food. Uh, what is it like uh, being a chef during his time? Uh, yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah, so no, that's great that both you because he really is a rock star today, 100 years on plus. And it's 145th anniversary will be in yeah. set, October. Um, it's incredible because he, he's so prolific today and his values and his welfare and what he did, not only as a chef, but for his brigade and for uh, the world was, um, was was very admirable and very relevant today, uh, more than ever. Okay. I've got three last questions to fire off. So what is the single best realization you've had during COVID-19, Jasper? The best realization that I have is, you know, everything is temporary. Not not everything is, not all things are permanent. So uh, we've lost a couple of business uh, during this pandemic, but uh, we see that, you know, Filipinos and even us are really striving to do to do more, even in this pandemic. So, uh, things that you know, the one thing that we've learned you know, as a family here is not everything is you know everything is permanent and not everything is temporary. So, you know, you can lose some, you can win some. So, especially during this time, so you really have to work hard for what you have right now. So. Uh, Cohen. 
Yeah, uh, I think it's it's you don't know what you have until you lose it. So I think we've been taking a lot of things for granted uh, during the, the normal time. So now it's only now you realize uh, what what you what you lose. No, uh, but yeah. Um, aside from that, also um, I learned that uh, you have to be able to adapt to be able to survive. Also, so adaptability plays a very big um, key in in survival. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, last two questions. What dish makes you happy, Cohen? <laughs> Anything with pork. I love my Lechon Kawale, sorry. But yeah, um, Lechon Kawale, I really, really love it for some reason. A crispy pata. You know, if, if I get through that, uh, my, my face lights up. Uh, but I have to go easy on that now. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's about it for me. A nice Lechon Kawale or crispy pata. Nice. Yeah. Okay, Jasper. Uh, any version of adobo I like. Uh, I know it's, it sounds, you know, Ooh. cheesy, but you know, I, I love I love a good adobo. So something that is adobo that is really fatty and dry and you know, uh, <laughs> and very good with rice. Ooh, we really nice. love rice. So I think okay. Miss Bea can attest to that rice thing during our classes. So my final, final question. Uh, if you could be known for one thing, what would that be? Chef <laughs> <Okay. Sure>. mm. <laughs> On the spot. Um, maybe maybe um, uh, because teaching has been a profession for me um, also for the past few years. Maybe aside from, aside from being known as a good chef, um, I would also like to be known as a good teacher or instructor, and I was able to um, help a lot of students uh, get uh, further with their uh, get uh, have successful careers. You know? So maybe I would like to be known for that also. It's not just like being a good chef, but but helping other people uh, with their lives as well in terms of the culinary knowledge and expertise. There's no doubt about that, Cohen. You keep on the way you're going. You're going to be known for a great Thank you, thank you. Doing a great job. Just, you're welcome. Jasper. Uh, I think I think I'll I'll agree with Chef Kerwin. Uh, besides yeah. being a good chef, uh, being known with my barbecue or the dishes that I cook, I want to be uh, known for you know just like what just like how we how me and Chef Kerwin look up to our past instructors. Uh, I wanted to be that in, in, in a way that the students would really remember us or remember me as instructors that really changed their culinary careers or have a great impact on on uh, their culinary careers. It's really it's really humbling to to experience those kinds of you know uh, words coming from from future uh, from from your past uh, staff. Like for example, I, I have this I have this sous chef before that that he's now the I think he's now the one of the executive sous chef there in Australia. I think, uh, and then one time he emailed me and thanked me for all the experiences that he learned from me. So it was really humbling and really, you know, uh, proud to say that I, I I mentored this this guy. I mentored this chef. I I had a very good impact in his life and even in his career. So yeah, I wanted to be known as someone who would. You know, mentor someone that would really be successful in the future. So, no, that's great. I hear that, Lena from Chef.
out the other day, one of his emails are from the early days to Chelsea is now a very famous in Sydney uh, executive chef. And um, he's super proud of it. So it's good because, you know, once the students graduate, as you know, the job's not done. They're going to come back year after year for your advice. They're going to remember not necessarily what you've taught them now, but later on it becomes a realisation as the challenges are out there. And they look back to you like, Okay, you guys have done with your previous faculty and you know and instructors. It's amazing to see that the journey just for the last few years of some great students that we have coming through the school is the job is never done. It continues to grow and they will continue to seek advice and uh, help from you on a you know on a personal level as well, which is what's great about you too, is that uh, you also have a very good rapport with the students, which is very important. They can uh, well, it's been a great interview. They having you two is fabulous as always. And uh, thank you so you know, much. Uh, yeah. Uh, congratulations on your success so far, and especially during these trying times. I mean, we didn't have to have those challenges when we were uh, instructors back in the day, right? We we were very focused on um, on just getting you guys up to a certain level. Today, the job is grown immensely with digital and all the other tools like you guys invited involved in knife kits and technology with new ovens yeah. i mean the school is really going somewhere with you guys as well um and congratulations so it was a privilege and honor interviewing both of you as uh, so always thanks Bayer. um yeah thank you so much I like, the the I like the combination of you know looking forward which is the digital side and the virtual world, but then never forgetting skills such as knife making, yeah. um, barbecue, and that's just gonna make you know chefs of the futures. And very excited for the people you're gonna be training and teaching. Yeah. And on and, and on the twenty fifth year of the anniversary of CCA, you also have to understand that as CCA is growing more campuses, right? We can't have you, um, you know. We're, we're one person, but the digital platform has allowed that at least the classes can be done in other campuses, uh, regional, uh, that they can get to know you through um, the digital platform, which would not have been there before, right? Um, they wouldn't have had to get to meet a Cohen or, or a Jasper. So, the you know, the, in one big plus is that to, to produce your masterclass and then to have it played by a so-and-so in, say, Papanga or Bahol or Forever, is that um, you guys are more out there on social media today and could be a greater inspiration uh, than um, before the digital um, age. So, again, I, uh, my closing remarks, thank you very much. And thank you. Uh, turn it over to Bea. Thank you so much, guys. And um, we're excited to put this up. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you for tuning in CCA Manila's first podcast, The Secret Sauce. This is Bea, joined by Chef Philip John Golding. We hope you got excited to learn how to cook and are thinking of what to make next at home for your family, friends, or even your business. If we can ask you a tiny favor, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at CCA Manila. And of course, subscribe to our weekly newsletter through cca-manila.edu.ph. Till then, stay inspired in the kitchen.